So welcome back to our school podcast, School Buzz. I'm your host, Rebecca Cooksey, and today our topic is professional development. I have today here with me Krista Thompson. Hello. (laughs) The Lancaster School District determined several years ago that teachers needed more time to plan and collaborate and train to meet the needs of our students. Our standards got more complex, our curriculum got more complex, and teachers needed more time. The National Education Association says that professional development should be ongoing and job embedded, which is something that we strive to do here in Lancaster. So Krista, give us a brief bio and then we'll get into our podcast topic. Excellent. Um, I'm Krista Thompson, the uh, Director of Curriculum Instruction and Assessment. Um, I've been in education 21 years. I was a high school and middle school English teacher for uh, a large portion of that time. Um, Then I served as an instructional coach in several different sites and uh, became an administrator as a vice principal of the high school district and then um, a principal in the Keppel district, and now I'm here as the director. Um, In my term as uh, instructional coach, I really picked up the love of working with adults and adult learning. Um, so I've got a broad experience with that, and it's it's the, my passion in life. That was my first administrative job. I was the coordinator of staff development in Palmdale School District, and that move from working with kids to working with adults, which is very different. It is. It is. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Um, I found that I just loved that because I liked learning about new things, and so being in staff development was just like the perfect place for me to start my admin credential work. Absolutely, yeah. It's been a, I've, it's absolutely where I've loved spending my time, even as a principal leading a school and managing a school. The time I got to spend with my staff and helping develop their skills and um, working with them um, collaboratively was uh, most rewarding. So this is a pleasure. Yeah, and I just I really liked finding subjects that I thought teachers would be interested, or you know, polling teachers and finding what they're interested in, and then providing that training for them, and then sitting in on the training, which was was great. Absolutely. Although there's a dark side of PD. I used to tell people that my job was moving tables around and making coffee, um, (laughs) which no one realizes you do in the background, and then reading some of those um, staff development evaluations. Oh, that's painful. Yeah, they're a little bit painful, especially (laughs) the beginning of the year where people don't want to be there. Exactly. um, My favorite comment on a PD survey was, and I I can quote it because I memorized it, good God, people, use the bond money to build a parking structure. Parking was horrendous. (laughs) <laughs> we'll get right on that. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll build a parking structure just for you. Uh, tell us about the PD instead. Yes. So every Tuesday, we have students dismissed early so that we can do the staff training. How is this time used? And what are the expectations for improvement for lessons and student achievement? So those, that time obviously is um, structured in several different ways depending on the time of the month. So um, most sites are using um, obviously one hour a month for staff meeting. Um, but then the rest of the time, um, aside from the two-hour planning and collaboration that um, the teachers have on the second Tuesday of the month, um, the rest of that time can be spent as a professional development and or a PLC team collaboration time. And it's kind of expected that during that time, um, we are focusing in on what the needs are of the site in terms of achieving their uh, their SIPSA goals. Um, we can... So wait a minute. Yeah. Let me have you clarify. Sure. What's SIPSA mean? SIPSA is the Site Plan for Student Achievement. Okay. Does every school have one of those? Every school has one that um, outlines the goals of the, of the site in terms of academics, behavior, family engagement, um, and uh, culture, climate, um, and engagement. So um, the staff... Uh, works together to build those goals, and then they design, or they should be designing along with their leadership team and their administration, um, what professional development is needed 
um, to help support actions in reaching those goals, so academically or otherwise. So teachers have a say in what the professional development looks should look like for their school based absolutely. on their data. Ideally, yes, absolutely. Great. There should absolutely be a way for them to have that voice. Um, so for the PLC days, uh, they've got collaborative time working together. Do, what does that mean? Because if let's say I'm a parent and I'm thinking I'm picking my, my kid every day on Tuesday, what does it mean to have that collaborative planning time? One of the most essential pieces in, um, for teachers in education is their ability to work together um, in looking and identifying in what is it that we need to teach. Um, what do we, and the four PLC questions are you know what do we want the students to know? How are we going to know that they've learned it? Um, what do we do when they don't? And then what do we do when they do? Um, but those first two questions, what do we want the students to know and be able to do? Um, and then how are we going to know that they've learned it? That is essential in terms of the collaboration piece. So um, teachers working together on those days to look at their data when, from assessments to say, hey, we, we taught this. The kids may or may not have done this or, or learned this piece. So now we need to go back and maybe reteach some things. Or looking ahead, we know this unit is coming up or we know that this particular standard is a heavy hitter standard. So let's identify some ways that we're going to teach this standard and ensure that it's taught to mastery. And how are we going to de design some common assessments um, to help us know that the kids got it? And then some conversations around what do we do when they don't and what are the structures in place to help um, support those kids. So that time on Tuesdays for the teachers to meet and plan and talk about that and make those plans, um, look at the data, identify specific kids with needs, um, kids that are achieving well and those that aren't, that's essential. That's a key piece. I know when I was a teacher, I, I taught sixth grade, and we would sit down and this is before PLCs, could have sold this idea too, um, but we'd sit down and, and plan the curriculum together and one of the things we wanted to make sure was that if you were in Mrs. Cooksey's class, it was the same as being in Mrs. Reese's class and the same as being in Mrs. McNary's class, that we were teaching the same thing. And um, just that guaranteed viable curriculum, I think that takes time for teachers because sometimes you get an idea that you want to run down the road doing this, but is, is it meeting the needs of all the kids in sixth grade or all the kids in third grade? So Absolutely. I think that's important. Absolutely. And we, you mentioned something about guaranteed and viable curriculum. And so um, that's kind of a, a term that was uh, has evolved through the um, PLC process. But really what it means is um, do we know exactly what it is the kids need to know and be able to do by the end of the year? Your standards, basically. And to narrow it down even further, the guaranteed is what, what standards can we do we know we can get to with mastery by the end of the year. We have way too many standards to teach e each of them to mastery. We all know that, and that's a huge frustration with education. Um, so what are the big heavy hitter ones um, that we really need to, to hone in on? So that's the guaranteed. Um, and then the viable is can we get those standards taught in that amount of time? So that's where you, you it's really important to work on the, through those essential standards, um, identifying those essential standards. That happens best with um, a team. Yeah, and it's a lot more enjoyable that exactly. way, too. <laughs> um, so what is your criteria for great professional development? Oh, um, one, it ha you said it earlier in that adults and, and students um, and kids learn differently. And so with adults, it's one, uh, well, and there's some, very, there's some similarities as well, but um, obviously it needs to be relevant to teachers. Um, there is too much happening in a teacher's life to try to take something new and set aside family time to yeah. <laughs> implement something new that I've learned. And I've got 16 PDs this year, so how many hours is that going to take me to really learn this and implement it? So when, when we look at good quality professional development, it needs to be relevant to the teacher. It needs to be timely. 
um, needs to be realistic. Can I use this right now? Is it something that is um, I can embed right this minute, you know, immediately? Um, is it engaging? Is the professional development engaging? If I'm not interested, ah, yeah. <laughs> that applies across the board, students and adults. Um, but also with professional development, it needs to um, build in time along with, um, same thing with students, is that um, is there an opportunity for teachers um, and adults alike to collaborate during the PD process? Talk about, um, plan, do some planning. And one of the things we've learned over the years is that um, we can provide all the PD we want, <laughs> but if we don't give teachers the time to actually do some planning um, and some processing around their learning, it's never going to happen back in the classroom. So that's why we're really excited about the lesson study process that we've brought in the last couple of years. Right. I know when I was in staff development, we were moving away from that sit and get mentality mm -hmm. where you're just looking at PowerPoint of her slide after slide and then letting people really think about how they would use it. And then trying to build up a way that, it, you know, if you got an introduction to it and then maybe a couple months later we'd come and give you a little bit more on that. And then building people's skills because you're right, if they get back in that classroom and they're trying to think about that PD while mm -hmm. they've got 35 kids sitting in front of them and somebody's losing their mind and the office is calling you, it's not going to get implemented. They're going to fall back into what's tried and true exactly. and, um, you know, what they're comfortable with. So if we want people to really change, we have to give them steps and time to do that. Absolutely. And I'll throw in one other thing here in that um, <clears throat> we, we, we laugh and joke and say, you know, we can be PD to death. And yes. that's the absolute <laughs> truth. Um, there's a hundred million things that we can engage in PD for and, um, and with. But I think one of the things that I'm most proud of in this district and that I feel really blessed to be a part of is our instructional coaching program. Mm -hmm. Because that is, research says, and, and you can just look across the world in terms of when you talk about job-embedded professional development, the instructional coaching is the best way to do that. It's the most effective way to do that because it's real, it's timely, um, it's embedded in, in where you're at. You don't have to go anywhere for that. Um, and it's personalized for you in terms of you go to a professional development, you learn some new things. Now let's work with a with a partner, with a coach to uh, look at maybe we can work on this piece together. We can do some planning together. Um, the coach can demonstrate, uh, do a demo lesson or shoulder teach with you um, as part of that. So it's, it's that professional learning together um, happening in real time um, with live kids um, in, at a pace that you can handle as a teacher. Um, so does every school on site have an um, instructional coach? Absolutely. So um, all we are blessed to have all of our sites with an instructional coach. We do have a couple sites that split an instructional coach. Um, so, but and she works really hard, but she's she's masterful. And she's at, wonderful. Yeah, she is. <laughs> a shout Rebecca. out to Rebecca Purcell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and she's masterful with her time. So every site has their own instructional coach, and then we also have four district instructional coaches: uh, Christy Zeno, Tara Goins, Allison uh, Harmon, and uh, Gina Wilson, who um, each have their own focus areas. Um, but they support they support our site coaches and all of our sites as well in some extra PD or some some site-specific goals they're they're able to deploy and, and meet their needs and i have four instructors four ed tech coaches that i adored also um that go out and work side by side with teachers and I, I think that that's so important especially when you're trying something new to have just that other adult just in case it doesn't go well that first time to kind of help and support you because if it doesn't go well <laughs> if it doesn't go well that first time and you don't have support you're probably never going to try it again you're like, oh, that didn't that didn't work. But if you've got somebody standing right there and like, oh no, that's kind of common. Try this instead. 
you're more likely to try new things. Absolutely. And I, what I love about the coaches, the tech coaches and the, and the, the academic coaches, and they're not just academic, they're all over the board. Um, but that the fact that we have coaches that can come in um, and partner learn with you, they're learners as well, they're colleagues. And so they, they engage in that learning process with you um, to help explore new ideas and, and new things, try new things, but give you the work with you and give you that grace to fail in a safe place. Um, and even allowing them to um, perfect their practices while <laughs> using you and your kids. <laughs> right. Well, right. And as a teacher, I never had, we didn't have instructional coaches then. I was just telling somebody today that they were talking about their counselor. And I said, you, you know how blessed you are to have a counselor on campus? Yes. I mean, we, when I taught, we never had counselors. We had like maybe a fourth time psychologist. Yes. I mean, just the, the extra support teachers have now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just wonderful that we put money into helping teachers and supporting teachers and helping kids. Absolutely. That, um, I think it's important. But we've strayed from our topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's see. How is it, How do we plan PD for the district? So um, the district has an LCAP, um, the local, well, okay, local so, control and accountability <laughs> plan, um, which is very similar to the SIPSA that we spoke of earlier, um, in that this is the, the plan for the district in terms of what are our goals for the district, how are we going to meet those goals, what are actions to meet those goals. Um, and then our site, the, the SIPSAs, the site plans, um, support the LCAP. So through the LCAP, we have specific goals identified and actions to support those goals. Um, and that's where the, the primary focus of the professional development that is determined lies in is, you know, what are the actions and what is the professional development that's needed to support those actions to reach those goals? So to when we make that plan, do we use data to support? Is there data that we use to say, hey, our kids are all day long struggling with math or okay yes all day long so there's a, and a, it's a wide variety of, of um, data that we use from the the CASP test scores to we have the youth truth survey um, site feedback site plans um, there's a whole host of, of ways that we look at data um, and then we've done some work with MTSS multi-tiered systems of support um, this is something that we've been working on for the last year and a half in terms of how we reframe our district to support and align all of our systems to support all students. Um, and through that work, um, that's a whole other podcast, by the yes, way. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but through that work, um, we have identified three district priority areas, um, standards-based instruction, PLCs, professional learning communities, and PBIS, positive behavior and intervention supports. And so with through those three lenses and priority areas, that's really where we drill down and say, this is what we're going to focus on through professional development for professional development. So then we can take what are our structures in the, in the, in the system in terms of schedule scheduling and days uh, set aside for professional development to determine what 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 really comes first um, and what do we focus on here. So this year in particular, we've been fo- with standards-based instruction, we've been focusing on learning intentions and success criteria. Um, there's a couple of those pink Tuesdays, those minimum days that um, we have pre-selected as district days. And so on those days, that's where we kind of say to the sites, this is what you're going to be doing for professional development on those days. Mm-hmm. Your instructional coaches and your administration will help deliver some of that. Um, we have two um, days identified throughout the year for district professional development, uh, one in August and one in September, where it's a non-student day, um, but we focus on professional development. And so this year we focused on um, professional learning communities, um, as well as you know some other curriculum training as well that was needed. Um, so professional learning communities and um, uh, have kind of been the focus this year um, with those pullout days, those non-student days. And so those are when teachers work together and collaborate and design lessons and create common informative assessments 
and then look at data and see what they need to do for kids, right? Indeed, you nailed it. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how are teachers involved in the planning of professional development? Well, so um, we talked a little bit earlier about um, ideally at the site when they're developing their, their SIPSAs, their site plans with the goals that um, the entire staff has a voice in what those goals are and then how and the actions to reach those goals. So um, there should be a system in place at each site for teachers to have their voice in terms of what, what those needs are. Um, but we also have some other informal ways, um, formal inf informal ways of collecting information from the teachers in terms of what their needs are. At the end of every, um, oh, what I didn't talk about was our Lancaster Learning Institute, oh. um, which is basically just we call it LLI it's just um, it's just a fancy name for the professional development that we offer after school hours it's paid time for our teachers to come um, for uh, any number of courses and we have a variety of topics um, that we try to tailor around the district priorities um, but also we leave room in our schedule to um, develop courses based on student on I'm sorry on teacher mm -hmm. request so um, we've had many instances where, um, like we've done a writing training, we've done, um, for example, we've done um, Writing in Wonders, which was a training for our kinder, first, second, and third grade teachers um, last year, um, where Christy Zeno um, worked with teachers on how to use the, the curriculum, how to use the writing in the curriculum more effectively for the kids. Mm -hmm. And teachers had a wonderful experience with that, and they asked for more, you know, they wanted a follow-up session where they could do some more lesson planning and, and deeper dive into, into that work. And so we'll build a course based on teacher request. Um, so if there's things out there that teachers are really wanting and, and, and needing, we will absolutely build an LLI course to meet those needs. So we also do... Um, evaluations at the, at the end of all of our professional development opportunities where we look at that feedback as well. Yeah, we I know you kind of have captured Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. For my tech team, we've captured Mondays to mm -hmm. do our tech training. And they do the same thing. They survey the teachers and find out, you know, what are you interested in learning? And then after every class, there's a, a survey to, what was, was it too fast? Was it too slow? Exactly. What do you need after this? Um, so I think that both of us understand we have to build on what interests people and what they need. You know, if I wanted to do something on... Gantt charts and no one came, it doesn't it doesn't do us any good. <laughs> that is the truth, yes. Um, absolutely. So since you've been to a lot of PDs, what would you say was your favorite one? I, um, I've been to a lot, that is the truth. Um, I recently went to this summer, um, and this isn't typical, but um, Jim Knight is kind of the godfather of coaching. That's totally Krista's term, um, <laughs> but I love Jim Knight. He is, um, he's um, really good. And he's written a many, many publications on instructional coaching. And so over the summer, he had an instructional coaching institute that I was able to attend. It was a five-day institute. Oh. And that's long and intense. Yes. Um, and not typical. Not many people can get away for five days. Yes. Um, I was blessed. So, um, But what made it so impactful, whether it's a five-day time or even a one-day or a two-hour piece, what made it so um, effective for me and impactful for me was um, several things. One, he had materials on hand that we could walk away with. Mm -hmm. um, so we used the materials during the training. I could, and he could highlight, go here, go here, go here, and I could walk away. It's tabbed, and I can come back to it immediately, so it's immediately accessible. Um, then the next steps, it was like he had things that you you learn this here and you use it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to what I was saying in terms of uh, relevant, timely, and, and um, can be implemented right away without much effort, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So, but in addition to that, it, again, it was the collaboration with the colleagues. I went with several different coaches as well, some district coaches and site coaches. So that time together to be able to 
um, have a conversation and process the learning and then talk about what our next steps are in bringing it back to our district was uh, invaluable. And that, so. that's one of the best things of when you go to a conference and you have that group that you can sit and, you know, at dinner, just talk about what you learned and how, what can Indeed. we do when we can take this back. I just, you know, if you go by yourself, you just don't have that ability to reflect with other mm -hmm. people. And that's so powerful when Indeed. you get that chance. Indeed. Absolutely. It was, it was amazing. So. I'm a weirdo. I kind of like um, the theory. And a lot of people don't like to go to those classes. When I go to like like um, Q or the math conference, I always go to the theory classes because I love the data behind it. I just love that. And, and they'll be like in big auditoriums and there's like five of us in the room. <laughs> but I, I just love that kind of stuff. But I think probably when I think of things that just like a light went off in my head, I, I remember seeing Kate Kinsella and oh. she was talking about academic vocabulary and how to teach academic vocabulary. And it was just like, I get it. I did not thought about it that way before, and I just loved it. And when I introduced her, the next time she came, I said, you know, I just love this lady. It really changed the way I taught. And so some of the teachers made fun of me, like, oh, it changed your life. I'm like, but it did. It changed how I taught, and it really made a difference for my kids. And I just, I can remember that just like, mm -hmm. aha moment. Abs all day long. I've said for many years I wanted to be Kate Kinsella when I grow up. So um, she's definitely a hero for me. And, just, and I've been to numerous ones of hers, uh, numerous PDs for her. You're absolutely right. Lots of takeaway stuff. And one of those brilliant people like, I wish I could be you. <laughs> so I want to give a community shout out actually to one of my own guys. Henry Snyder um, has helped me with this podcast. I got all this fancy new equipment. Don't tell the superintendent. I got, this <laughs> got all this fancy new, I've got a mixing board and all these fancy um, microphones and I don't know how to use any of it. So he came and set it up. He said, don't touch these dials. <laughs> I take a picture of the thing to make sure I didn't, you know, mess it up. So I'm going to learn how to do it eventually. But um, just thank you, Henry, for helping me out. I appreciate it. Uh, so where can you find this podcast? You can find it on Sprecher, iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn. Uh, if you're an Android user, you can find it on Pocket Cast. You can follow us. I think we have 21 followers so far. So follow us. That would be great. And our next podcast is on leadership at New Vista. We're going to be interviewing some children there. They were at the board meeting and they talked about their leadership class and um, they were wonderful. And their teacher was fabulous. I can't I wait it. to talk to them. All right. So as we tune out, please listen to Kelly Stock and her students at Sierra singing Simple Truths. <laughs>